0: Hey guys, what's going on? Today we are going to do a Sunday chat with Dr. Jenny Borda and she is going to talk a little bit about the psyche of injuries and what people commonly go through and some of their struggle points and also what we're looking for a little bit in our doctors and kind of what that process can look like if there is more of a true orthopedic issue that needs solving, that needs surgery, that needs true fixing, that's going to have a rehab component to it, and so on. One of the things that I've found over the years is that a lot of people really don't have a good grasp of what to do when their body starts to break down, which there's a couple thoughts on that. Number one, your body is going to break down. It's just a matter of time, okay, and just a matter of what and how. So, we have to understand that when we get into our 30s, 40s, 50s, your body is going to start to break down. Arthritis, tendonitis, pain, you know, hot shoulders, and eventually probably partial shoulder replacements and transplants and all these other things that are going to be coming your way. So, it's important to know what the proper protocol is. And a lot of times what people happen is they will start to experience an overuse injury. Jenny talks in here about how she suffered acute injuries and there there are different things, right? So an acute injury is what Jenny talks about when she was spotting her gymnast and she noticed that there was a moment where there was a sharp pain and that was the injury. So you can point to something specifically. All right. And so that's a lot of times where I will start with an athlete. I'll ask. Did something happen or what happened? And there's two answers, right? There's either a definitive, I was getting out of my car and I slipped and I tweaked my knee. Okay. And ever since it's been hurt, the likelihood of something being wrong in that case is probably a little bit greater than if the conversation is, well, what happened? And it's just like, ah, you know, my shoulder's just kind of been bugging me for about. You know, three months, and it's just kind of slowly gotten a little bit worse. And you know, we're probably dealing with some arthritis or tendonitis or something that could probably be fixed with a little bit more mindful training. And so the two have very different paths. And this is why it's important to understand the the value of good coaches, good doctors. Jenny being in the gym, really just the value of that so that you can go over and just briefly explain what you've got going on, and then have the best value in your approach. What we see a lot of people do is they'll maybe have something that's more overuse related and they'll go to their primary care physician, which just is a very, very bad path to start with something that can be cured usually by a little bit of extra fish oil, some good nutrition, some extra sleep, And maybe a little bit more mindful rehab process with physical therapy, you know, SMR and some of those other tactics that will really help you overcome the extra damage that maybe is being done to that joint at that time. A lot of times if we catch that stuff early, it's very simple to just, you know, take about a week of backing off and get some good physical therapy exercises. And then you can cruise into the future and it's not going to be a major issue. If it is something acute, then a lot of times your primary care physician is only going to be your first step just to start the referral process. But understanding where you need to end up and who you need to go see is going to be important. Otherwise, you're going to get caught into this weird circular ring of kind of getting you know fucked around, for lack of a better way to put it. And that's something that obviously we want to help people avoid. And it's, you know, the the problem is there's a lot of people who don't understand. And what you'll hear from Jenny is that she did not want to just sit around and be passive. She did not want to come back from this injury just to be able to do her job and sit at a desk. She had aspirations of getting back to 100%, being able to come back to national level Olympic lifting, CrossFit competitively. And so those aspirations carry with it a thing that doctors do not understand 99% of the time. So finding the right doctor for you is extremely important. Because doctors Hedge is always first and foremost going to be recommending the approach that is the most safe, that is the least likely to have issue, the least likely to get them sued, and is going to have the highest chance of you not experiencing the pain that you have. And so a lot of times what we hear, and it just infuriates me, is the doctor first recommends that you stop doing the thing that you love, right? Which is just crazy, right? So you're having runner's knee or knee problems, and the first thing they recommend is, oh, well, you should just stop running. You're never going to run a marathon again. We hear people come in all the time. Yeah, my doctor told me that I will never lift weights again, ever, It's like that has got to be the most ridiculous statement of all time. And we've had people with fused spines who have come in and told us that. And then they come in and they're able to lift weights. They're taught properly and they're fine. And it's like the, the community in there is just a little bit broken. Now, there are some fantastic doctors out there. And you'll hear Jenny tell a couple stories here about just some doctors that they told her not what she wanted to hear. They told her what she needed to hear and they made the tough choice and they helped her make the tough choice but it was the right choice and that that kind of a doctor is invaluable and so but she had to search for it she had to get second and third opinions she had to she was researching and communicating and obviously she is educated in this front and so i find it fascinating to see how she went through this mental process and how challenging that is for all of us who No next to nothing, right? Like we don't know much about anatomy and tendinitis and rehab and all these different things. And so we're sort of at a doctor's word. We just have to trust them and have to take their word for it. And she's not even in that boat, but she had to get to a point where she realized that these people know more than me and I have to listen to them. So I have to seek out somebody who is great at what they do and will set me on the path to success moving forward. So we're going to have a little bit different of a discussion in the future about generally how to handle injuries. And it'll be much more uh, about Jenny's opinions as a doctor and what we've seen over the years in the gym and generally kind of getting away from that trend of, uh, you know, go immediately to the primary care physician, get put on anti-inflammatories and mandatory bed rest and do nothing and safeguard at all costs. And we're just going to overprotect. And there's just always a better approach. And that's why I love Jenny's approach to physical therapy and her mindfulness for always being rehab oriented first. So I hope you guys enjoy this. This one's a little bit more of a story. And uh, I think it's very interesting. I know you guys had a lot of questions. Alright guys, what's going on today? We are here with Dr. Jenny Borda. Most and many of you know her. Uh, If you guys do not, uh, she has been part of Friendship now for probably about six years. Yes, it's like... Summer-ish, 2012. Yeah, yeah, So coming up there. Um, so Jenny obviously has become a much, much larger part of the gym uh, over the years, and you know now helps us with all kinds of stuff: gymnastics club, physical therapy, uh, you know, just general management of the gym facility, social media, all kinds of stuff. So she's kind of the full-on guru. Uh, but today we're here to talk a little bit about you know injuries and you know just. How we, you know, mentally are coming back from those things, what we deal with, and you know, some of the different, you know, questions that she's gotten in, uh, helping people kind of maybe understand a little bit about what, uh, you know, what that back end of rehab can look like, and you know, what kind of, you know, things that you're you're dealing with uh, as you go through those. So, uh, first, Jen, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, about your your first surgeries. Were those your first surgeries?
1: Which ones? Your elbows.
0: No, so oh, okay.
1: I've had a handful of orthopedic surgeries. Um, I had, I've had two in my ankle, one in my hip, a major one in my elbow, and then now two on my shoulder. Okay. So all starting around in college.
0: Okay, and so, um, so I'm only really familiar with the uh, the elbow one. When, 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 how old were you when that one happened?
1: So I was in PT school. So I was probably twenty. Okay. Um, 26-ish. I was in PT school. I had some elbow problems. um, Really coaching. So I was coaching gymnastics. I was in PT school. I had occasional problems with my elbow. Hurting, maybe some weakness, a little lack of stability. And then there was one time I was spotting a girl uh, on bars, and she didn't really do exactly what she was supposed to, and all her weight kind of came back into my arm, and it was really sharp like fast like pain in my medial elbow and I was just like oh my gosh something something happened something had to have happened and so ended up doing therapy for a little while no improvement um this is actually kind of a crazy medical story uh no improvement went to an orthopedic surgeon we'll leave everyone well maybe not everyone nameless but um went to an orthopedic surgeon who told me I had some tendonitis Which some of the tests they did, I was like, I don't know. It just doesn't really, I mean, I was in PT school. I'd gone through all of orthopedics. I was somewhat knowledgeable, which sometimes is good and sometimes bad in those scenarios. Uh, But he thought it was tendonitis and gave me a cortisone shot, which I'd had a couple successful cortisone shots with other injuries years before, actually shoulder years before. Um, And four weeks later, uh, one of my professors in school was like, What happened to your elbow? And I hadn't even really noticed, but it was like uh, the inside of my elbow, the bone was like almost like sticking out through the skin. It was crazy looking. Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. And they were like, that is not normal. So I go back to the doctor for my follow-up, and he's like, sometimes people just have bad reactions to cortisone. Like, I really just think it's this tendonitis, which it felt no better from the cortisone shot. I'm going to send you to my friend, so it's like colleague, and I'll have him check it out. So I, like, go to this colleague, and he looks at it. And he's like, oh, yeah, sometimes that's just a bad reaction to cortisone. And they, like, took an X-ray, and he's like, I agree with this other doctor. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of weird, but okay. So I go back to PT school, and my, doc- my professors are just like, no, <laughs> like, not right, like, whatever is going on with your elbow. So they call around to some orthopedic friends out of the Columbus area. So I ended up going down to a doctor in Cincinnati named Dr. Colosimo, I liked a lot. He was the Bengals doctor at the time. And um, he immediately looked at my elbow and said, who the hell injected that? And I was like, oh. Um, And so we had a conversation about it and he said, yes, some people have bad reactions. That usually isn't what it looks like though. And his feeling about it was that maybe it injected a small branch of an artery that uh, provided the blood supply to where those tendons attach, the skin um, all of that. So I had no pigmentation in that skin anymore. I had all, my fat was all necrosed, So I lost like all the fat that was covering that ulnar nerve that runs there. And he got me an MRI right away. And this time I'd had an MRI, but this time the MRI was with contrast and it showed that I had no medial collateral ligament in my elbow. Mm. And so, uh, basically I had Tommy John surgery, like a baseball pitcher and the thought process of why that tore was, Toward the end of high school, I had some shoulder problems uh, that I kept doing gymnastics with and had a couple cortisone shots. And the thought is because I stopped using my shoulder normally because of pain, I started to learn to rotate through my elbow.
0: Yeah.
1: And that originally started tearing that ligament and then probably that spotting incident is yeah. what did it in. Yeah. And because I had in, like problems with my elbow for probably five or six years without really realizing, I was so good at stabilizing that some of the tests to test if it was loose. Uh, I was like subconsciously protecting against. So that doctor that I originally saw didn't find any laxity because my body naturally was trying to keep yeah, its it its yeah. hmm So I ended up having Tommy John surgery.
0: Yeah. And that was 26 years old? I
1: think it was 26, yeah. Okay. I was in PT school. We were doing our, nice. like, neurology. Um,
0: Did you become, yeah. like, that student <laughs> where they were like, hey, like, let's all practice on Jenny. You know, Jenny. I feel like I would
1: have <laughs> if it was during orthopedics because yeah. everyone could have seen, oh, this is what, like, a fresh scar looks like. This yeah. is... And some of, we had some, that surgery was interesting because I had to see a plastic surgeon beforehand since all of that skin was very thin and I had no fat in the area because they thought that maybe we'd have to have a skin graft to close it because they didn't think they could sew that thin skin back together. And the plastic surgeon was on call for the surgery, but they decided that I was young enough and had stretchy enough skin that they could just like cut that piece out, sew it back together. But then the rehab after was a little different, but because... They were worried about the skin ripping back open. I was locked in a elbow brace for like probably like two months with my elbows straight. Oh, wow. so I couldn't bend my arm.
0: Oh. Um, uh, that's so annoying. So yeah.
1: that was kind of crazy. And that was my first, you know, experience of you can't use your arm to do things for yourself. So I cut my hair off because I thought that would be easier. What uh <laughs> what what
0: hand was this? This is my was, right one. Was it? Yeah. Everything's
1: been on my right side. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. And so, twenty six okay. of them. How long would you say like your rehab was back to that, and then because when I mean, you came into CrossFit, I mean, you didn't have you didn't have shoulder issues really with stuff. No, not really.
1: So you know, uh, you know, rehab for a handful of months. Um. You know, here in the Columbus area, and it was an interesting. That was interesting, just because Tommy John's protocols all are getting back to throwing. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to get back to anything competitive at the time because. I just wasn't. I was uh, in PT school. I was coaching gymnastics. And so really just trying to get back to, like, doing the elliptical. And sometimes I liked to play with gymnastics conditioning or swing on bars. So, yeah, like, I wanted to get back to being able to do handstands. Uh, I I would love to get back to be able to do bars, but it wasn't an immediate, like, oh, I want to do this now. Yeah. So it was really interesting, you know, working through weight-bearing. Getting my elbow to bend was hard because when it's locked straight like that for a couple months, uh, that was really hard. I remember that being, like extremely painful and I would just lay in therapy and tears would roll down my cheeks but I, I'd let them push it I'm pretty good at that understanding of this has to hurt yeah, to make it has it to better.
0: move yeah
1: yeah and you know my elbow has been so good yeah. since then yeah I think they did a really phenomenal job um because I wasn't trying to get back to anything I never had like a great story for my surgeon so actually a couple years into CrossFit um you know after I gone to regionals and I sent him a video of doing a bunch of muscle ups in a row and just yeah. said hey you know I don't I never had anything to really send or say thank you, but I can do all these things now and don't really have all elbow problems. And got a really nice message back about how no patients ever send things like that. Oh, you only hear when yeah, there's problems cool. and yeah. when people aren't happy yeah. and to hear something. I mean, that was, I don't know, five, six yeah. years later. Yeah. So, um,
0: has that been something now that like, I know you, you had a lot of young gymnasts that you've helped yeah. have, has any of them ever done that for you?
1: Um, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I'll definitely hit things from time to time. Um, But I would agree, probably not as much. Like, every once in a while I'll get little messages or I'll see them somewhere and it's like, oh yeah, I've had no problems with this. Um, Or sometimes it is nice when you get, I'll get them back as patients but for a different problem and they're like, yeah, my back's been perfect, but now this happened
0: thankless job so, thankless job I I is, was, man. Yeah, you don't think was, about it no yeah uh, yeah exactly and I mean I think that's something to think about even from a patient care perspective um is you don't I mean you just kind of you go back about it it's like cool I'm good like you did your job thanks yep. awesome uh no that's cool though that's really cool and then so when you came into CrossFit you were about 30 right mm-hmm. and then so that was about what the, probably yeah, so let's say three to four years after you had probably fully rehabbed yep. and, and gotten back up to speed. Um, and so walk me through your like initial thought process, some of the initial, just kind of broad brush over your first year or so up until CrossFit. regionals. Yeah, yep. Uh,
1: yeah, so the decision to start CrossFit really came from, so I was 31, uh, because I remember I turned 30, that was fine. Year of being 30, getting ready to turn 31 and thought, is this the life I want? I work like 65 hours a week all through the winter with gymnastics. I'm gone all weekend. I really do nothing for myself. Yeah. Like occasionally work out. Like I think the drive-thru man at Wendy's <laughs> knew yeah. me, like recognized me because I get fast food on my way home all the time. Hey, sitting. the guys
0: at Chipotle, don't knock that. The guys at Chipotle all know me. That's uh, fine. It's fine.
1: When I, so I turned 31 <laughs> and I thought, you know, New Year's, my, my birthday's right after New Year's. And so that's always a good reflection time of it's been a whole year. So what's changed? And I really thought nothing like, yeah wow, my life, this isn't what I want for my life. I don't want to work all the time and eat fast food. and mm-hmm. um, So I need to make a change this year. And that's essentially what the change came down to, was I was going to quit coaching gymnastics, and I was going to start doing CrossFit. I had some friends, um, you know, I went to regionals in 2012 to watch uh, my friend Jess compete, and I had a couple other friends that were like, you'd love it. And so the competitive aspect of CrossFit I was definitely interested in before even starting. Yeah. Um,
0: and me. I mean, of course you were watching me. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You, of course. <laughs> you, of course. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of was like, you know, I need to do something more for myself. And Friendship was the closest gym. That's where my friend Jess yep. went at the time. So signed up for an on-ramp. I remember my first on-ramp. Uh, I'd never done squats with weights ever, yep. like, in my whole life. And we went over, like, all these squats. And it was just, like, squatting and running workout. And I just remember feeling, like, my legs feel terrible. Yeah. And, like, I've done hard gymnastics conditioning in my life. Yeah. But um, just very different. Uh, and liked even the competitive aspect of it right yep. away, yep. like, yep, I can go faster than these people, and I can try to do better than them, and yep. uh, really like that, so my first doing on-ramp, um, I had, because I was trying to make some changes in that year, so I planned some trips, I went on vacation with friends, I went on a trip with my parents to see my sister play soccer, and missed on and off, so I probably wasn't real consistent with coming to CrossFit until maybe like October-ish,
0: yeah.
1: um, which that's when I started coming more consistently, maybe setting some goals, had a conversation with you that I thought I'd like this competition thing. Like, yep. regionals looked pretty fun. And mm-hmm. you told me that, you know, in your first year, this would be really hard. I hedged myself. You're not going to yeah, yeah. Not gonna be able to make regionals. Yep. And you were very honest. You said, I think you could fight for a spot on the team. But we have some really good girls at Friendship. And that was true. I mean, really good girls in yeah. the area. And um,
0: who had been doing it for a while. Yeah. And I I been doing, that was the hard yep. part. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, you were like, but I think you're going to have to work on this. And so I did. Like, I... Came in after work when I got off work at eight sometimes and did like rowing in our walls and really worked hard to try to have a spot on the team. Mm-hmm. And then, you just very shockingly. Um, did you slide made into it.
0: like last? I was spot. the very last
1: person in. Yeah. Yeah. And we were actually waiting on um, that was the year Julie Foucher swore she wasn't competing.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: because of med school. But she didn't decline her invite, and so yeah. it waited until, like, the... The very last. The very moment. last. Yep. Yeah. So yep. we just, like, kept checking that leaderboard, waiting to see if I was going to get it, and I did. Yep. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, and then we... So then, yeah, I was going to say, I think that was the year we really had to dial in uh, Butterflies.
1: I didn't have Butterflies until, like, two or three weeks yep. before. Um Yeah, like, we'd worked on it, and then I had started dating Keith, who I'm married to mm. now. Uh, I had started dating him... You know that maybe that January-ish, and he was coaching at a gym at the time, and I was there doing something, and he's like, "This is stupid. You can't go to regionals with those skipping pull-ups." You have like, <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, "Oh!" Yeah. yeah. And then it was like all of it kind of came together. Yeah. So two or three weeks before I, uh, got some butterfly pull-ups. Got them, got them figured out. <laughs> got huh? them figured out.
0: Yeah, that um, and and then that kind of uh, you know, gets us into then, so then you went. That was thirteen. So then I'm you see, competed 13. individually: 13, 14, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. And then 15 and then yeah and then 16 we did team and then and then 17 sometime around probably the open that year is when you started to kind of know that things were getting a little bit funky. Correct
1: you didn't have a super fantastic feeling shoulder um, you know after 2016 like when we didn't make it as a team and that was emotional for me and so I didn't do cross it for a little while I really focused on lifting which was good for me mentally um, It was fun. Yeah. I competed in American Open. Um, and obviously, I did not do CrossFit until January. I still did some stuff. But I think, you know, and everyone's always honest, if you focus a lot more on lifting, it's going to be hard to do as well in CrossFit, especially because I'm not naturally a super... Um, endurance is not fantastic. Just naturally, yeah. it's something I do have to work on. So the Open sometimes is harder for me. Um, and I started having some shoulder problems, and I just don't think I was in as good a shape. And so really disappointed yeah. to not make it yeah. in 2017.
0: Yeah, and then 2017. So then we um, our team made it still, um, correct. But you and me kind of for four winter spots and went into correct. a head scores more of, count. I mean, yeah, head scores count. We yeah. definitely. Um, and then sort of went into more of like a coaching role. Yep. And kind of agreed that it would be good to give um, give our spots to, to people who had never been there before and, and have that experience. And, um, but then that really was you know I would say probably uh, timelines are hazy, but somewhere in that three to four month span. Is when I feel like you really started to yeah, complain more about your I uh, decided
1: I was going to lift at Nationals because I wanted something to work for. I yeah. thought, oh, I wasn't going to lift at Nationals because of regionals, but mm-hmm. now I haven't, I'm not going to compete at regionals, so I might as well go lift. Um, and so I look, I don't, I don't know if that was a mistake or not, because um, I really had to do like, a lot of work to get my shoulder to go into a position where I could mostly do jerks. snatching was okay yeah. but um catching in a front rack and doing a jerk was pretty uncomfortable yeah. at it that was, point
0: yeah and I mean I think it, mostly it's always been a thing for you with standing up the snatch with the yes, way that yeah. your shoulder yep, goes forward at that a little, and, and, um, yep. and then yeah, and then same thing. I think that front rack position to the heavy heavy jerks,
1: yeah. and just I mean even now. So then trouble in that full flexion with my arm close to my ear, yep. um, and so still lifted at nationals and was happy with that experience. Very glad I did it, especially now that I don't know that's an opportunity. I don't know that I'll do I'll get again. So I'm glad I went, but I did push through some shoulder stuff yep. that. I would probably recommend people not do. Um, So, yeah, we got back from there and decided to rest it. Did a bunch of PT stuff. uh, Tried to get it to calm down. Felt pretty good. Tried to get back into some CrossFit stuff. Mm. Because that was still really my ultimate goal was more uh, CrossFit. You know, go to regionals again or make the games in some capacity. Um, And then, you know, went back to one workout that I remember uh, had some bar muscle-ups and some kettlebell swings and GHD sit-ups and... Nothing that was, like, too terribly crazy. And I remember, like, later that night I was coaching gymnastics club and I, like, couldn't lift my arm. And I was like, oh, this is not normal or good. Yeah. So time to get this looked at. Yep. Yeah. So went uh, to a doctor that I trust a lot who works at Children's where I work um, as a physical therapist. And he had uh, – we got an MRI, did not look great in there, went to an orthopedic surgeon, had some conversations. um mostly just needed some stuff cleaned out. A couple of things that were afraid, some not great, like chunks of cartilage in there, a couple of bone spurs. Let's clean it out. You'll be good to go. Like yeah. you'll be able to, you know, 2018 open. You should be fine by then. Cause this was July. Yeah. Surgery was in July. Um, and the expectation was like eight to 12 weeks. Yeah. And you'd be pretty like normal.
0: Yeah.
1: So that didn't really happen. <laughs> no, no. Well, so. I
0: think that, so, you know, I think it's something that, you know everybody, competitive or not, I think all struggles with the you know what should the steps be, yep. right? Something feels abnormal. What should the steps be now? Obviously, you've got a little bit better knowledge and access, um, which is good and
1: ba- good, bad. Yeah,
0: good yeah. and bad, right? <laughs> um, but you think about that. So I always, I always have. I think this is a you know an interesting point for people. I'm always interested to see. Okay, it hurts. You know what are people's immediate next steps? Go tos, yeah. um, and so I think for you, I think some of the things that you did really well is I think you you tried to rest, rehab, and nurture intelligently mm-hmm. first. No change, no improvement. Yeah. Pain was there. Now it's time to go and get it, you know, checked out. Yep. And then, you know, for you, it's a, maybe a little bit simpler to get the recommendation and go and mm-hmm. get the MRI right away. And you know exactly what a kind of MRI you're going right. to be getting. Um, but I think some people then struggle because they'll go through the whole, you know, I'm going to go to my you know, GP. And then you get sent here mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, I'm getting an x-ray. And it's like, well, an x-ray is not going to help you at all, okay. right, for the most part. Uh, now we're going to go and get an MRI and then it's like, okay, well, you know, is it going to be a contrast MRI or is it not? You know, I've yep. had MRIs that didn't show anything when there was something. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that that stuff's uh, always, always interesting. And, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, challenging to start figuring out exactly where and what you want to go to. Um, so you go and you get the MRI and they're saying they're just going to go pretty quick fix, clean out. Yeah. So clean it take out. it from and there. And then there
1: was, there was definitely the, your bicep has some wear and tear in it. There's a little tear in it. There's a chance we'll have to do a tenodesis, um, which is where they cut it and then kind of get rid of that part where it attaches higher up and they attach it lower on your humerus. Um, so a little more serious. That's definitely not a quick rehab. That would have been like more like six months. You're not going to be ready for the open. So I knew that that was, there was a chance of that. Yeah. Um, but when I woke up in recovery, I had like a mini sling on, not like a big giant sling. And so I knew they didn't right away because it wouldn't have been like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, not that a, not that a clean out can't be uh, you know, painful or hard to recover from, because it definitely can, but it isn't putting something back together. Yeah,
0: there's nothing structural being done.
1: Correct. You really just have to let everything kind of calm down, the inflammation, um, calm down to get like all that motion back. Yeah. They also cut the end of my clavicle, which is part of where, that's one of the places my bone spurs were, um, and just had a lot of impingement between... Uh, my clavicle and my acromion, and so that was supposed to open up some space so I wouldn't get that pinching anymore. Yeah. So that was probably the most painful healing part was just where they cut that bone.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that was about it. That's about as far as I can look into the anatomical pictures, mm-hmm. but the bone spur is pretty gnarly. It looked like a big yeah, a like shark tooth. Yeah, oh. big shark
1: tooth. Yeah, Jeff mm-hmm. doesn't like the bloody pictures, mm-hmm. so... No,
0: I don't, I, don't, I don't go that route. <laughs>
1: um,
0: okay, so so that's, our, that's the first surgery, right? Yeah. Um, and so... Then you go through rehab process, Um, but you do get back into. I mean, you get back into lifting. You get back into. Yeah, I get back into lifting.
1: I, uh, you know, hit a point that it was kind of like, okay, maybe I just need to try some of these things. Like there isn't, you know, a real reason why I can try to hang. Like so, I would try to hang. My shoulder blade would stick out a little far, look a little funky. It did not feel fantastic. Tried kipping a little bit, um, which didn't feel great. I got to the place where I was working some jerks. Still, I mean, not. Super comfortable, but, uh, able to do it. I got back to snatching all right. That really never felt too bad because it's a wider grip. So yeah. I feel like I didn't have that same discomfort. Um, but I got back to most things. Like in the open, I decided to do the open mm-hmm. last year and handstand push-ups were okay. Um, you know, I was not in great shape cause I had not, once I realized I couldn't train for regionals, I really just decided to like, I'll work out, but not push anything crazy hard, not push things heavy. Um, decided to not really kip like I did the open workout with the toast to bar with strict toast to bar yep. um I did do one muscle up in the open so that is the only muscle up I've done in like almost yeah a year and a half almost two years at this point just because I was like well they're telling me nothing else is wrong like yeah. I'll see how it feels and it did not feel good so I was like I probably shouldn't be doing muscle ups at yeah. this point um but it was an interesting open experience, just because it allowed me to look at it from a point of like I'm not trying to like make regionals or do this. I'm just trying to see like can I do some things that maybe I didn't think I could do right now. Yeah. Or, Um, you know, the ability to participate in it another year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So,
0: but I think that's the 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 interesting part, and what we'll get into a little bit later is sort of that like how are we, um, you know, what are we doing, and how are mm-hmm. we going with yeah. um with you know not being on the top page of the leaderboard um but uh okay so so then we finish out and get down the road a little bit in 2018 yeah um and then well um, so during
1: that time i was having um i started having a lot of manual work done on it because i truly felt like something isn't right in here like there is something is not it's not improving in my shoulder i would almost say it was starting to go backwards my motion was getting a little bit worse having a little bit more discomfort uh even the things that really should like joint mobilizations and some manual work from therapy uh, would make short-term improvements but was really painful. I yep. mean, like, and I told multiple people, like, no, something in there isn't great. Right. I ended up having then an ultrasound. Um, so, I had a cor- so I went back to the doctor that did surgery. And I'm kind of kicking myself for this part because maybe I should have stood up for myself a little more, but it's that line of, like, I'm knowledgeable, but, like, maybe because I'm knowledgeable I'm not listening to someone else. Yeah. So I was,
0: you, you're, uh, you've come to your conclusion. You're going to be biased and stick to it. So I'm trying really
1: hard to not be like, no, I know more than you surgeon. Um, but I, something anterior in the front does not feel good. Something does not feel right in my joint. Uh, convinces me that, and this is actually before the open convinces me that I could do a cortisone shot posterior, like in the back because my rotator cuff is just tight and it needs still inflamed. And we do that, and I get, like, zero improvement. And then I was just pissed because you can't do another injection because I really thought it should be in the front. But yeah. that's where I was like, okay, I am not a surgeon. I am not a doctor. I do not do injections. I do not know more about this. Yeah. Um. So I was mostly annoyed because there's nothing I could have done then for that three months because no one will do another injection in three months, even yeah. though it's in a different part of your shoulder. It just – that was a frustrating three months for me because yeah. I just felt like I was slipping backwards. Um. So I ended up right at that three-month mark having a a diagnostic ultrasound, which is pretty cool. So ultrasound kind of like when you look at a baby, uh, but of my shoulder and very clearly like a giant calcification in my bicep tendon, Um, some evidence of potentially some spurring on my humeral head, which was frustrating because I just had, (laughs) you know, surgery to clean all that out. Um, We ended up doing an injection into that bicep tendon. Uh, by the ultrasound, so you know it really goes in that tendon, which yeah. is cool technology. Yeah. Um, and pretty good improvement for, like, <laughs> a week. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was like, oh, I can, like, hang better, and I can really get my arm by my ear, and, like, I feel a little bit more like normal Jenny.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, gave me some hope, and then it was, like, maybe two weeks in, it just started to decline again, and it yeah. was like, all right, this isn't, um, you know, that was maybe a very, very short-term fix, nothing else and I'd done therapy this whole time so it's not like my rotator cuff was weak or um so I decided to get a second opinion from another doctor
0: yeah
1: and so um just knowing that something was wrong with that bicep tendon was more of my feeling about it
0: yeah so and so then um so then go to the other doctor's second Mm -hmm. opinion and then that was is that where things kind of came out and then yeah so
1: I mean I actually this is
0: the this is the woman who did the surgery
1: yeah so Dr. Bishop um in Ohio State um who I've really liked for a lot of reasons um yeah so that one this is one that i'll get emotional about i went into this appointment because very frustrated want to get back to a high level of activity so obviously i need this bicep fixed like that's me like i know everything (laughs) um but after that ultrasound image i knew my bicep was kind of messed up fully expected to go in and for them to tell me what they needed to do a tenodesis which is frustrating because, you know, what, 15 minutes ago, we talked about how maybe I needed a tenodesis the year before. Yeah. So it was like, oh, why couldn't they have just done that then? Yep. So I go in and there's a fellow who was very nice and he talked about the tenodesis and I was very mentally prepared and calm and like, okay, great. And then Dr. Bishop comes in and she says, and I remember I talked to you right after this and I yep. was very emotional then also, Yeah. Uh, came in and said, well, so your biceps and blah 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 and I'm like still like yep exactly like I thought and then she pulls up my x-ray and I see my x-ray which is where sometimes being knowledgeable sucks and she goes this arthritis and I immediately started sobbing um because I knew like I in my head right away before she even said the word and so I was like she's gonna say I need a shoulder replacement
0: yeah.
1: and that was like the first time I really felt like oh crap like this isn't just fixable this isn't you're gonna go back to being normal pretty easily. Yeah. Um not that therapy isn't hard work, but um, you know, my and she did say that. She said, I think that uh that partial shoulder replacement is your only opportunity to ever get full motion back. Yeah. And uh I just was so shocked and couldn't formulate like words, questions, anything. Um I guess I came up with a couple of questions, but from my knowledge in PT school, and you have to remember I've at this point, been a PT for almost 10 years, but always in pediatric sports medicine. Yeah. So I don't have shoulder replacements. It's not something I medically or professionally have experience with. So my knowledge of it is school or yeah. my clinicals when I worked with adults, which were like these young would be like 50s, yeah. right? But most of them are like 60s, 70s, 80s, who they just want to be able to like
0: Get do stuff their in the hair oven. and lift yeah. their arm. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so I like immediately was just like, I just... Cannot believe this. Well, and
0: so I think, uh, you know, probably not a lot of people listening know what goes into a shoulder replacement. So go through that real quick. Yeah,
1: so, uh, you know, you can have a total shoulder. There's multiple things you can do. And she did say partial shoulder replacement. So that's, in my mind, it wasn't that different. But it is that different now that I know a lot more about it. Um, It's not very common to do a partial. So typically it happens because you have so much arthritis on your humeral head, which is like the ball that comes up and attaches to the your, um, glenoid, and that's the end of like your shoulder blade. And normally when you have wear and tear on one side, the other side is affected also. So then you have to cut off both of those parts and replace them with metal, um, so that you have a joint that doesn't have that wear and tear, can move more normally, um, is not as painful. Uh, for me, um, She thought that it was probably just my humeral head that was affected enough that we would be able to leave my glenoid, so my natural uh, part of that scapula where your humeral head attaches, but we would have to uh, do this partial shoulder replacement, which is super cool little device uh, (laughs) that they cut off like half of your humeral head. They drill a hole in it and they put this like little metal cap on. So um, yes, you still have a joint replacement. You have an implant in there. Uh, they have to cut things to put it in. They have to dislocate your shoulder. I mean, it is definitely an open procedure.
0: Yep. Um, you are partially bionic now. I am partially bionic now.
1: Uh, true. But I still have, because the, the, the benefits that she was explaining to me, um, my glenoid was not affected as much. We could leave uh, that part, and that allows me to not really have restrictions. So a lot of times people that have shoulder replacements, they'll never... Think of getting full motion. They won't be able to reach behind their back. They, there's a lot of things they won't be able to do. And she was explaining, because it was a partial, that I would, I technically wouldn't have any official restrictions. Yeah. Now, there's no promises that you yeah. can get everything back, but there isn't any, like, rule that, like, oh, your shoulder can't move this way anymore. Yeah. So, um, you know, I left that appointment, like, adamant that I was going to get another opinion, and this lady was nutso that yeah. she thought, like, I'm not old enough for that. How is this possible? Um. But the more I thought about it, I had some really wise advice from actually the doctor uh, who I got the MRI from. And he just said that just because um, you go to another doctor and they tell you something you like better does not mean it's the right decision. Yeah. And so that really stuck with me and did a lot of research on my own, which uh, part of the reason I hope even talking about this is helpful is there's like nothing out there. There's like research about shoulder replacements and partial shoulder replacements. They're almost all in people who are over fifty, who don't really have anything they really care about getting back to. Yep. Uh, there was one like article I found about a guy who was in his fifties and like liked to play comp- competitive baseball, and he had gone to this like intensive camp one summer and like couldn't throw and he only got to play two innings and he ended up so he had all this stuff done. He'd had a clean out, you know, kind of like my story, but progressed twenty years. Yeah. Uh, and he ended up having a partial, and he went back to this baseball camp the next year, and he was able to throw 11 innings. Like,
0: yeah.
1: it was positive, but yes. it was a little bit like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's is, it. That's, that's it. There's, yeah. like, nothing else. There's, like, you know, I, I, I did read some, some, like, scholarly articles that talked a little bit about people being able to get back to, uh, you know, functional fitness. Yeah. Uh, it just isn't great research. There wasn't a lot behind it. There were no people telling stories out there, you know, in their 30s. Because yeah. anytime, so I even asked – and multiple phone conversations with the, the PA, which were always very teary. I felt very sorry for him uh, that he had these conversations with me. But um, just questions from me about, like, well, will I be able to do this? Can you tell me, like, how many people that are in their 30s have you... He said, well, we consider younger under 50. And I'm like, no, that's not what I care about. I only care about under 40. Yeah. Like, um, And there's just not, like... I mean, hopefully people start taking some metrics like that because that's hard. It's hard to make that kind of decision without any real information. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, spent a couple months thinking about it and just decided, you know, she's telling me that there's zero chance I'll get my motion back and it'll just get worse Yeah. if I don't do this mm-hmm. and then I'll need a total. I won't be able to do a partial and then I will 100% be limited. So why would I not try this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that was what you brought to me. And I think, objectively as soon as you kind of laid that stuff out I think it was I think it deep down you knew the answer already but you just maybe weren't in the place to to be able to be accepting but I do I mean I think at that point when you start to look at it that way it's like "Eh, this just seems like we're putting a band-aid on it for a potential more long-term worse situation or roll this way and and you know hopefully,
1: You know, the way I tried to look at it was I can do these things now, right? I was at the point that my emotion had declined enough that I wasn't really doing strict pull-ups. I wasn't hanging from a bar. I wasn't really doing handstands. I wasn't doing jerks. Yeah. So I'm not doing these things now. So it's not like if I never get them back, I will be losing something I have right now. Yeah. Right? So if it's giving me the potential to do that stuff again, I would rather try. Yeah. Um, and I was having trouble, I mean, with some things like reaching behind my back, driving my six shift car did not feel good, uh, showing patients exercises at work. So it's not like, oh, it was only these really high level skills I yeah. was having trouble with.
0: Yeah, it was lifestyle um, stuff It too. was
1: lifestyle stuff also. And I mean, obviously my lifestyle, what I do for work, both at the gym and as a therapist is more active. And yeah. Maybe if I had a desk job, yeah, it would have been different. Um, just because you don't know, you wouldn't notice it as much. Yep.
0: Yep. And so, um, but sort of the silver lining of all this is once they get in, then, you know, so tell a story from there.
1: So I end up scheduling it for October. So I saw her originally in July. I have the schedule, the surgery scheduled for October. Um, and I'm still just, man, like nervous and sad about it and, you know, typical me. So in the beginning, you heard I've had some orthopedic surgeries. I've always, like, right before surgery, had this little, like, I'm going to do this again in case I can never do it again. Yeah. Right? But, like, my shoulder really didn't feel good. So there weren't a lot of, like – so I did, like, a kipping pull-up. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. like, my last yeah. hurrah of, oh, I'll do a kipping pull-up because I thought a muscle-up would be stupid. And, yeah. um, but, I mean, I guess if they're fixing it. But no one wants to really hurt. So.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I went to surgery, and I knew I was going to have to spend the night in the hospital. And, you know, we were going through – all the stuff in the beginning and I'd asked if they would take a picture and the answer was like no because it's open it's an open procedure not a scope like we try to get rid of any like we don't want to have risk of infection or anything so I'm like okay and so I'm just kind of sad I remember getting wheeled I asked can I please be like out before I go into the operating room Yeah. because I just don't like it I don't like you it's cold in there and like it's just weird and they were like yes like we can give you enough stuff that you won't remember that. And I, I still remember, which is annoying. <laughs> so maybe I need more things than yeah. they think. But I remember rolling in there and just like, why do I know I'm in here? Because I was so annoyed because I made that a specific thing. Yeah. And tears are just rolling down my face right before surgery. And the nurse was so sweet and just like petted my hair. And was like, yeah. we're going to take such good care of you. And that, I don't remember anything else. They clearly knew I needed to be put out. <laughs> yeah. But um, when I woke up in my hospital room... Later in the day, when the doctor, Dr. Bishop, had come in to see me, she showed me a picture. She was like, we didn't take one. And she's like, I just think you needed to see this. Like, mentally, you needed to see what your shoulder looked like. Mm-hmm. And it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. there's There was no way anything would have been better. Uh, I had no cartilage pretty much in the center of my head at all. And the entire rim of it was covered in bone spurs. Which is crazy, because someone had been in there just a little over a year before and i have yeah. pictures from that and it didn't look like that so that arthritis had progressed yeah. extremely fast yeah so you know they did that they did the tenodesis um so my bicep was fixed i had a new humeral head essentially all of those problems and i felt immediate relief yeah seeing that picture like because yeah. i really questioned my decision like yeah. is it right and i saw that and i was just like yeah there was no other option yeah. so i was very thankful that she did that
0: And then, um, so once you kind of get out of that, so then we're, um, you know, now we're into a pretty hardcore, you know, uh, um, brace and, and, you know, we're not, we're not moving it. We're not doing anything to it for how long? And then what's the, what's the recovery been like from there?
1: So, you know, I'm a a few days away from being four months out, which I will be honest in saying like part of what was scary going into it was thinking about what they're doing and like it's going to hurt so much and like, and it really didn't like Yeah, it hurt, but not like anything I'd expected. So maybe it was good I had these horrible expectations. Uh, You know, I spent the night in the hospital. They did a nerve block into my neck that was a pump. So that lasted through for two days. So I went home with this, like, thing sticking out of my neck that I had to carry around in a fanny pack. Uh, So that was annoying. uh, But probably helpful in the I did not have terrible pain right away. Uh, So... Uh, You know, the first week, I will say, I probably do not have the best memories of. I know a lot of people came to visit, which is very kind. People brought food, which is so helpful. Um, Keith took a couple days off work. My mom came and stayed a bunch. My mom actually came up up, because once Keith went back to work as a firefighter, so he'd be gone for 24 hours. You know, I have, uh, if you know, maybe you don't know if you're listening, but I have these two uh, bigger dogs, two pit bulls, and um, they... Are kind of crazy and so just some fear and like letting them out and taking care of them so my mom would come up and spend full days helping me with stuff um so many like so many friends that would come over and brush my hair or wash it for me drive me around
0: pros too not just like some, yeah some yeah uh,
1: yes that's very true um so amber is a hairdresser and she came and did my hair a couple times and did my makeup for a wedding uh so i had so much help that was really nice uh right away and never really, I would almost say to an extent, like too many people, because people would start to be like, are you bored? And I'm like, well, no, because there's people yeah. I'm like constantly, yeah. um, which was really nice. You know, I didn't have to get stranded getting food or doing anything that I wasn't able to do. And I took it very seriously. I know some people don't, but I think having the experience the year before and not healing, there was zero chance I was going to do something that would mess this up. Like I, I'm not chancing it. I'm not going to try to do this with my arm. I'm not going to try to go sleep in bed. So I slept on the couch for like six full weeks. I did not drive a car and I know some people choose to do that, but you just think like even out of your control, if something happens and I reach my arm up and then something happens, like how annoyed would I I be with myself that I couldn't just let people drive me around a little bit to let my shoulder heal. So I took it very, the resting part, um, and really not pushing it. Very seriously.
0: Yeah, except for those damn people with their one arm hugs.
1: Yeah, there's. Uh, it's amazing. Even with a sling on, it's amazing that people will touch you and like yeah. squeeze you. <laughs> you're <laughs> like, why are you squeezing me? Like, do you see this big thing on my arm? Yeah. So yeah, That's was shocking to me. Actually, barbells for boobs. So we hosted barbells for boobs a few weeks after surgery. Which I mean, I'm glad we did it. I love barbells for boobs. Um, but that was. Really, a little bit stressful uh, to do at that time, but at the event, so many people because I hadn't really been in the gym, so so many people were like, It's so good to see you, and they come squeeze you, and you're like, Ah, like, don't touch me. And (laughs) I feel like I even snapped at a couple people because it was so shocking to me, and it hurt, like, it didn't feel good, so it's kind of funny.
0: Um, so, uh, so coming up on four months, and so we started, we started after rest period, you go into you know, beginning (laughs) parts of rehab. And um and you know, that's kinda kinda where we are now. And so I know a lot of people a lot of the questions that I get, I'm sure a lot of the questions that you get, um, is, you know, like, Hey, you're you're hundred percent, right? You're just <laughs> you're just just dialed in. So kinda where are we at and um, you know, what are you had some success today, yeah. but still some struggles. So kinda yeah. rock you through some of the rehab stuff.
1: Yeah, so it started rehab a couple of weeks after surgery, um, and it was very and I knew what it would be like. I'd asked to see the protocol ahead of time. Um and uh, one, I'm not doing my therapy myself. I get that question sometimes, and that would be an atrociously terrible idea for me <laughs> to be in charge of my own rehab. Um, you know, I, I'm going to Ohio State, a really nice therapist named Greg, uh, who's knowledgeable and sees people who've had this surgery, whereas I don't think that would be smart for me. Plus, I needed some ex, some external things. I needed yeah. someone to stretch me and yeah. move my shoulder. And uh, so, you know, rehab starts with, like, just isometric muscle contractions and very basic. Like I was only allowed to move my, lift my arm to 90 degrees and really pretty good in the beginning. Like hitting those, like, yeah, you can like lift it to 90 degrees and great. I can, you know, move my elbow just fine, which was something I had to be careful with in the beginning since they reattached my bicep. So there was, there were some restrictions on what I was allowed to do with my elbow also. So, you know, therapy starts really slow. Isometrics, just moving Uh, and then you're allowed to start moving it a little more Um, and I I don't feel like in the beginning any of it was too terrible like and I really thought it would be I was like it's gonna really hurt but it didn't like really hurt in the beginning Um, it felt like you know I didn't do very much strengthening in the beginning so none of that was really hard really it was kind of that like handful of weeks later when you're coming out of the sling So you're allowed to start doing more, but now you're not really strong enough to be doing more. And now you don't really have like motion restrictions. So in my mind, all of those milestones with motion have been great. Like got to 90, got to 115, like did it really fast. And then you hit this point that it's like, I think I had four weeks in a row that I was only able to lift my arm to 135. And then that was just like, (gasps) why isn't my motion getting better? And, um, you know, I'd said before this surgery, I was going to be really good this time at celebrating small victories. Mm-hmm. And I think I did really well in the beginning. Yeah. Like in the beginning, it was like, yeah, I got to 90. And, oh, I was able to carry this glass of water. Like, that was exciting. But you get to that point where you're out of the sling, so you're a little more like a normal person. Um, but you still can't do a lot of things. But you don't look like someone who can't do a lot of things. And then it's very hard to start celebrating small things. Yep. Because you're starting to feel more normal. You know, I was able to start. I think I've tried. Uh, I try to use my Instagram for a lot of stuff. I try very hard. Um to not make it only fitness anymore because I think that's not good for me mentally mm-hmm. to be stuck in fitness world because yeah. obviously there's other things about me that are I think shareable
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so I think I shared one day that I was able to put my hair up like into my Jenny bun by myself Yeah. Um, so I think I've done a good job with some successes but then as time has gone on smaller successes don't feel uh, they don't bring me joy as much it's more like nope what's going to bring me joy is when I like feel normal again which that's my therapist asked me today, so what will make you happy? And the yep. answer just had to be like, I don't know. Because yep. realistically, I know that maybe I'll never do some of that again. And that's just realistic. That's mm-hmm. not negative. That's not, I know some people are like, oh, be positive. And I'm like, yeah, but I had a shoulder surgery where I was positive, And when that didn't pan out, it was devastating. Yeah. So um, I choose to be hopeful, but realistic. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know that my emotion will come back enough to really ever... Hang from a bar or do good handstands again. And if it does, it's awesome. And obviously, I'll be excited. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, I don't want to be too set on that. Uh, so, you know, uh, today I did push ups for the first time on like a high table, so yeah. not full weight. And they were really pretty easy, which was shocking. Yeah. And right at the moment, I was like, Happy that I did it and then, you know, five minutes later that's gone and you're yep. just like, Well, why can't I lift my arm by my ear? <laughs> I'm smiling because it reminds
0: me so much of you in like late stages CrossFit. Yep. It's like yep. W- once you start gaining the points, like you would smoke like a one hundred and eighty pound snatch. Yep. For any any other female in the world it'd just be like this, like well but I missed one eighty two. Yeah. And it's just and so it's it like is. it's
1: very yeah. this I mean this does it hundred percent replicates how I am with a lot of things. Yeah. That
0: Uh, And I don't think, I mean, I think that a lot of people get that way is you get to a point where you have, um, you know, you have expectations, you have things that you want to achieve and you have, you have places that you want to get to. And that, that day-to-day grind of uh, taking in some of those just small victories starts to become, you know, harder and harder and harder as you, you know, maybe have a bad day or you have, you know, one thing goes well, but three things don't, right? That's right? um, you know, so what I always tell people. Uh, we just did CrossFit Total. And it's like there are people who are I PR'd everything, like all yeah. four, and I'm just like, dude, hold on to that, because like, that will never that you're gonna get to a point where that will never happen yep. ever again, yep. and uh, and and like you try to express upon them those things. Uh, And that'll be fun for you to listen back to this podcast like a year from now, and just be able to look back and be like, "Oh, look at what I was! I was so hung up on this, and I was so I was worried, and I was emotional about that. And now I can do those things easily." Um, But at that time, a year in the future, so a year in the future, Jenny, who's listening. Um, you will currently have new things that you are unhappy with. hundred percent. Like I won't struggles. be snatching
1: 200 pounds or yeah. I won't, yeah, well, first So, so <laughs> those will be
0: things that always comes up. But that, I think that's just human nature. Yep. Um, and so I think as it pertains to rehab, because it's so much more limited than what your lifestyle is used yep. to, I think that that probably hits you yep. double well, as hard. I also think
1: that what my life is like, so coaching in the gym and working as a therapist there isn't a day that goes by that I'm not reminded that I can't do everything. Yeah. So I think maybe small victories would be easier to feel if you had days that you weren't, like, completely aware of what you can't do. Yeah. So I think that's, that's what's a little bit hard about it. Like I said before, if I had a desk job or right. I worked some retail yeah. or – and, you know, days went by that – I didn't really challenge my shoulder in any way. And then suddenly I was like, oh, I could do that. But I think there are days that I'm like, oh, I could do that. And I couldn't do it before. But sometimes it's just overwhelmed by the, but I couldn't show this. And I couldn't do this. And then I couldn't put this ball above my head. And then, like, there's so many things on a daily basis that remind me that I am not, like, quote, unquote, normal Jenny. That I think it makes it hard uh, to focus on those small positives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I also think the, um, even just the concept of, you know, as you air quoted, you know, normal normal Jenny is, it's just, you know, everybody's, it's, I think, you know, we were talking before we got on about, you know, Liz and her blog post and, um, you know, it's normal, you know, normal women after pregnancy. I feel like a lot of them feel that same way. I just don't feel like my normal. Like your normal can
1: change all the time. Yeah. It's just figuring out. um, And that's not easy. Like it's, you know, I've, I've listened to, a few different podcasts and talk to people about kind of that, you know, clearly you've been listening. So I cry about this stuff. I'm very emotional about it sometimes, sometimes I'm not, but, um, you're supposed to be like if I wasn't emotional about it, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. Um, there is like some grief, like having an injury, especially one that's severe and potentially ends something you thought you were going to be able to do again. Yeah. like, there are days that you're just sad, and sometimes stuff sucks, and yeah. it's okay mm-hmm. to feel like that. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, a lot of people aren't comfortable with that or want you to be like, I'm great, like, every day. And, like, I'm not always great. Like, there's a lot of stuff to figure out. And, to, you know, we talked about the air quote normal, but, like, what is going to be normal for me? Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure. Yeah. But, like, working on it.
0: Yeah. Well, and that was I uh, read an interview the other day with uh, with Ryan Chazier, uh-huh. who obviously like that's yeah you know, very, uh, very extreme. Yes, and and obviously his was that you know you have this traumatic thing happen that's one point and really severely um, you know adjust the course. You know, yours was maybe more a little a little more gradual. Yep. Um, and so, like you said, like you had tried to prep for it and you yeah. had researched and studied and all this stuff and um, you know in, in the interview you know the person asked him you know hey how's everything going and he and he's just like just figuring it out every day yep. it's just every every day's new every day's unique and i have to really legitimately figure out new things yep. every single day yep. um, and you know and, and you could just tell like there's i think for him in the interview and much you know in talking with you the same things is your answers to questions and your communication patterns it starts to become challenging to express that to people yeah. because unless you've been in that situation, you could tell like he was expressing something and he said that statement and I hear it a certain way. You probably hear it differently. And I'm sure that he meant it in a way that none of us really yeah. even understand. Um, and I think that that situation so interesting because you can try to think about what he's going through, but you just don't know. And yep. It's the same thing. You can yep. try to, like, I can try to say, well, you know, well, I used to compete, but now I don't. And so I can try to put myself in your situation, but it's just not the same, not, you know, yeah. because I'm still able to pop into class and right. hit snatches and clean jerks and do those things. Um, yeah. And so I think that that's the, the part that's interesting is everybody sort of has, the, and, you know, we talk about this all the time as coaches, everybody's got their own battle that they're yeah. they're running with that. Um, but, you know, I know for you, it's, um, you know, it's been one of those things where, you know, you still get, get questions on competing again, weightlifting, yeah. uh, CrossFit, you know. So, um, so where are you at with like, you know, I think those answers for you have probably been something that's been challenging as a, a timeline taking all the way back. Because I remember right when you were first talking about getting surgery stuff, it was still... You're still talking about the twenty eighteen open. And yeah, so I was it was twenty eighteen open
1: yeah. and it was yeah, and you were pretty like, nope, you should just take the year, and I'm like, nope. Yeah. And yeah. a big part of it was just getting older, some of it's not getting easier. I you know, I think very honestly, I feel like I'd had almost three seasons of letdowns a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like in different ways. 2015 as an individual, I was not super happy with I don't feel like I performed to my potential. Mm-hmm. I remember walking out of that regionals. Uh, with you in Minnesota crying and you were like why are you crying and I was just like what if this is the last time I ever get to do this mm-hmm. but it probably it was there aren't regionals so yeah. that was it that was it yeah and you're like that's ridiculous like you just keep getting better and like you know gave me a lot of confidence yeah um I but,
0: think also moreover what I said is <laughs> if it is you don't want to leave it crying and being all sad right
1: so I think like that, and then, because we already knew we were doing team, so yeah. that's why I made that comment. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, I'm not going to make regionals the next yeah. year, but it was that I do enjoy competing as an individual. I knew we were doing team. I knew I was getting older. It was getting harder to make it to regionals. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, and then 2016, the disappointment in being sixth and yeah. really, you know, hoping to make it, uh, which hit me hard. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, obviously the 27 disappointment where I just really wasn't at full capacity, both just... I wasn't in the same shape I needed to be in. And my shoulders started to cause some problems. Um, so then not making it, which I, you know, I made it as an individual four years in yeah. a row.
0: Uh, Every year, including your first year. even yeah, you're including you, my you first were, year. You were, uh, you were, you were, you are slightly <laughs> spoiled on that end. But
1: yeah. no, very spoiled. But I think like, yeah,
0: but if you've always I'm, done it, it's hard to realize. Yeah.
1: So sure. I think for me, I felt like there were, you know, obviously 15, not terribly disappointing because I made it 16 had a great open finished seventh like the team does well we have fun but i mean that was very sad for me to not make it uh so then going into 2017 then not making regionals yeah just really feeling like oh no i have like i just you know not happy with myself and not wanting to have a bad season or wanting to prove i could do it again Mm -hmm. i think was part of why I was so adamant, like, no, I'm having this surgery in July. Like they say, it's going to be eight to 12 weeks. I'll be able to do everything. Like I want to get back to competitive like training. And that, I mean, obviously everyone heard the story of what happened and it wasn't even physically possible for me to try to do that with my shoulder. So I think that was part of it though. Like you were like, I think you could just take the year. Don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about the open. But I think for me it was that, no, like this has been so disappointing. Like it's been like We'll say two real years that I felt really disappointed. Yeah. Adding that last individual.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, and at the time it had been something where we had started to see some other top level CrossFitters start to have surgeries. A lot of backs, some shoulders. um, And I had seen what pushing, trying to get ready for a season had done, which almost every single instance of that turned out poorly. And so... um, and again, at the time, I mean, you were sort of an outlier in that even these guys having surgery, they were 26, 27, 28, and you right. were, you know, 34, 35, 36. And so, um, so I really thought, given where we were going to stuff, it was like, you know, we have, we have things to work on. But I think that that was always the challenging part of, um, of the successful mentality is it's what, what drove you to feel that way or what drove you to compete at that level was also the same thing that I think that can also make you push at the wrong times. Yep, for sure. So, um so I think that that's always been interesting. And so now as you so as we kind of, you know, get into um, you know, let's call it um, you know, new Jenny, right? Yeah. A better way to put it. Um, you know, the um, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, competing in weightlifting in the future and, you know, still I'm fairly certain the national record holder for masters in snatch for sure. I don't know about clean and jerk. Style. Not clean and jerk for okay. sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the same girl in your same session. Who, yeah. Some of
1: it's different now though. Cause they have different weight classes. Uh, that's true. So it kind of all started over. <laughs>
0: um, but you know, I, I think that that's, that's sort of, you know, what you've pegged if, if we are able to get anywhere that would be, you know, weightlifting first and okay. start feeling like we have that, that capacity still. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, but, that step by step process is so different, right? Somebody walks in healthy and is, you know, 20 years old, or take like a Lauren Weber. If Lauren Weber we were to say, hey, let's get you ready for Nationals weightlifting, it would be this just, I mean, you've done it before, this lengthy process of, yep. you know, hey, air squats roast my legs <laughs> and, and on ramp. And all the way through having to say, you know, me having to tell you, like, look, Jen, if you weren't front squatting 240, 250, yeah. you're not going to be competitive in weightlifting anymore. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, that then capacity is your capacity is starting then even before that now is there's going to still be some things where you're just, you know, freakishly strong at just because you've taken the time to develop that. But then there's going to be other things where we're starting, you know, below where you've started at CrossFit before for your very first, you know, on-ramp session. Um, and so I think that that, um, you know, that road ahead is, you know, it's, it's really easy to focus on how long it is. Yep as opposed to just focusing on the answer is the same it's still always putting one foot in front of the other right
1: yeah i've tried really hard um that's one of the questions i get a lot like you know what are your workouts like now and i think for me it's been such a long time uh since i just worked out to work out mm-hmm. and not have like a measurement to it or are you doing well or how fast should you go that that's been hard to get back to yeah um it's and the, I tried it's the
0: bad side of CrossFit. Yeah, I tried for more. a little
1: while after my first surgery before this next one to go back to do some classes. Um, and it wasn't enjoyable, like, yeah. it truly almost just made me feel worse about myself. Yeah. Like, wow, like, I'm not good at this, I'm so much slower, I'm so like, and that's just me, and that isn't everyone. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone around me was thinking that it's it isn't that at all, it truly was just me. Um, that I was like, I just need to get back to either doing a different kind of fitness that's just exercise. Right now, I do. One or two workouts at the gym. Like, I try to squat with a safety squat bar. Yeah. Um, the gym has nicer bikes than we have at our house. So sometimes, like, a bike workout, like, the other day, I did biking in GHD there. Um, the still home. not, Oh, I did this or... awful, awful. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'll be like, no, I want to do a really hard workout. Man, and I, like, mistakenly did, like, 450 walking lunges in a workout yep. and was, like, messed up for, like, a week and a half. Because I. <laughs> that would mess me up. I don't have great, like, endurance regardless. Um, <laughs> that would mess me up, like, with, like... Good shape, Jenny. So, like, not in good shape, Jenny. It was very bad. But, you know, a lot of workouts in my basement that are terribly long and working on, like, a little bit of, if you know me, I'm not good at running. I don't enjoy working on it. And I don't have confidence in it, which is part of it. But really, like, uh, working on small intervals of jogging, like a minute jog at, like, a 5.0. Like, is that fast? Is that something you would consider an elite athlete, like, being hard? No, but it's hard for me right now because... I'm not I'm not in great shape. I don't have confidence in it. And I think for me mentally right now, I need to do some things that I feel successful at and just not feel like, oh, and every once in a while I still slip into that. Like, oh my gosh, Jenny, you can't even run like a 10 minute mile. Like, could I? Probably. But I don't think mentally I want to push anything at all right now. And two, I think I just need to feel like I can just sweat and I can move and I can feel good that I exercised today and not feel like I had to compete against the clock or get a certain amount of reps or anything like that. So a lot of it I do very independently and just try to get back into that. Like I like working out because for a while I really haven't.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, the, the measurable component of fitness is something that CrossFit's basically revolutionized. I mean, obviously it was always available in weightlifting. Yeah. um, But the, you know, at this point really any CrossFit workout is measurable. And so, you know, and, and you have done, so many workouts like people I think a lot of times don't realize especially leading up to 2016 it's just like literally my goal as a competitive coach was I'm going to throw as many ridiculously challenging combinations at these guys as possible from every end so you just compile this list this laundry list of exactly I can do this much unbroken I can do this much in a minute I can do this much in a Tabata yep. I can do this much in. I can row at this pace for this long and I yep. can row at that pace and I can hold this wattage for air bike and I'm sure as I'm saying this like in your head you know exactly <laughs> where you're at with yep. all of it and I still remember all that stuff from when I was competitive and you know today I'm going to go into class and I'll row a 5k and last time I did that was the fall before we went and competed yeah and and I know, like I know my time, I know my pace, I know what kind of shape I was in, and so, but there's no way I'm staring at a monitor that gives me live feedback metrics with every stroke, and there's just nothing but time to sit there and think about how I'm not in as good yep. of shape. Yeah, and so, hard. so I think that that's one of the challenging components of of CrossFit, and what you see now is two things. One, I think anybody who struggles with any injury struggles with that component of yep. it, struggles with coming back from it and understanding yep. the protocol and understanding, you know, what the road looks like yep. and what the challenges are going to be. Yep. So I think that even just talking about this is fantastic yeah. for people because, um, you know, we all want to get back to full capacity, yep. um, you know, and um, regardless of, you know, where the shoulder's at and stuff, like we still want to be able to put things over our head and right. hang without yep. pain. Yep. Uh, and so I think that's one of the super challenging components of it. But The other end of things is also, you know, getting to that point where as we're getting that feedback, as we're seeing some of these metrics, we almost have to reset our brain thought process of, you know, this is, you know, uh, Kate Leatherman was always the best at this. She called it her PPRs, uh, her post-pregnancy PRs, right? And so it was always, um, you know, I just, I reset all my numbers. I reset all my weights. I delete all that stuff. And I try to put them in the back of my mind. And I just start fresh. Yep. And so I think that that's just super challenging and I think you see a lot of competitors uh, leave the sport. I mean, yep. I think now, especially, um, you know, your husband, Keith, great example, yep. right? Um, but I, I think there's, I'm, I'm fairly certain that this year, um, you know, we will get to the point where you can look at that leaderboard and, I mean, there's not gonna be many people who have done every single year of the Open. Yep and been you know top a thousand right so i think that now you start to see that and you know i mean we've experienced at the gym you know how many people on our regional teams i was talking about this the other day with somebody how many people on the regional teams um, are still able to come in and just work out for fun and just come in throw down with their friends and truly enjoy what they do um it's hard and so i think that that's um you know the the challenge and i think you know Hopefully, people can understand that that is challenging. It's not, um, you know, it's not easy mentally to deal with. I think
1: also when you, you are so wrapped up in like I'm eating for this, I'm sleeping for this, I work out this many hours, I make sure like even you know I never was a full time CrossFitter. I always had a full time job to go along with it. But like then your life has to really be perfectly set into how do I do these things to be successful, Um, and. I think it's really easy, uh, and this is something I actually think Instagram is funny with this. uh, Because you can look and you can see, like if you look back at my old Instagram stuff, it's like it's only exercise. And you can tell, like, that's really what I did. That's Mm -hmm. what I did with my time. That's what I cared about. That's what my focus was. And so then when you have something that happens and you can't do it anymore, there's a little bit of this, like, well, what am I? Like, I don't know. And so I like to always say, and I've sent a few messages to two competitive good CrossFitters who I see – um, have surgeries or injuries and I don't see their Instagram morph at all. Mine has morphed. Like, there's a lot more lifestyle stuff. Like, I like clothes. I like makeup. I like shopping. I like my dogs. Uh, yeah. I try to show more of that stuff because there is my house. Yeah, renovating my house was mentally so good for me yeah. this past year. Yep. Like, having, I started making pillows and I think some of it's just one, looking for something to do with my time but two, feeling like you're good at something. Yeah. Like, everyone likes to feel like they're good at yeah, stuff. It's
0: accomplishing stuff. Yeah. And I think
1: that it's so hard to feel like all you are is good at exercise. And like, that's what I'm showing. That's what I'm sharing with people. That's what people like about me. You know, after, um, it's funny, I've talked to a couple people about this. Like, uh, back to the Instagram thing. You know, after my first surgery, I slowly declined, like lost a couple thousand followers.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was this like, I, I truly don't care. That isn't something that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm losing these followers. And, but I did, it does make it hard mentally to feel like, well, that's the only reason I'm an interesting person mm-hmm. is because I can, like, do a bunch of gymnastics and throw weight over my head. Yeah. So there is there's this whole process of, like, there's a lot more to me than just being good at exercise. Like, yeah. that's one piece of me, and, like, that's not even a piece that's the strongest right now because it can't be. Yeah. And so I think that's the hardest part of this whole thing is just realizing, like, you're so many things, and there's a lot of things that, like, you have to offer to people outside of just being able to show cool videos mm-hmm. of lifting weights and I feel like there's a lot of people that get really stuck in that and kind of going back to that you know you were talking about competitors sometimes having trouble coming in and just enjoying it and I think that's part of it is you start to feel like that's like the best piece of me and so now what do I have to offer Um,
0: you're like I know for for me and even really for Maria too is um, it's really hard and, and hard to get other people into the mindset of like me personally like I, I need an off day. Yeah. I need to come in and check, you know, do the Grant Chrisman, do the, do the, I'm going to check the block, right? Yeah. I, I just need to come in and just, and, and every day is, uh, you know, what are you going to throw up today? What are you going to do? How many, Jeff, you think you can get eight rounds on this? Yep. You think you can do this? And you think, and sometimes it's just like, you know what, like. Just leave me alone. Yeah. I'm just trying to like, <laughs> like, like, I appreciate it. And I, I always yep. try to lead by example. I try yep. to set the intensity that is designed for the workout and all that stuff. But, you know, if you, starting probably months back, um. I really take, started taking a couple weeks where the scaling options that the coach provides in class, I take every one of them. Right. I scale every single piece of it. Right. And it, it's – that has been very therapeutic for me. Um, it's been good for my body yep. more, more than anything and good for my mind. But also, like, it's helped me, you know, advance as a coach. Um, but I mm-hmm. still think, you know, every day – even going into, you know, I'm coaching in the afternoons and then let's say I did that at noon, everybody's, Oh, what'd you get on this? What'd you do today? How'd you get it? And it's just like, it's really hard to escape that sometimes. And, you know, I think that's, um, you know, being, being a leader in the gym as a woman, being a a top competitor, that's, that's something that you will kind of always have back there and getting beyond that. It's just,
1: it's learning to manage it, like being okay with it. Or, and I, like I said, I always get very real answers. Like I don't, I am, I don't know if you've ever asked me a question, like sometimes, how are you? I'll be like, I'm okay. And a lot of of times people will be like, just okay. And I'm like, yeah, today I'm just okay. And like, I don't know. That's okay. Like, I don't, don't you want people to be honest? Like if you're asking them how they are, don't you want an honest answer? Or I think that sometimes when you're viewed in the way you were speaking of, like as a coach or as a leader, like the expectation is that you're. Always at the top of your game. Yeah. You're always, and yeah. not that people. No one would say that's their expectation. Yeah. But that's kind of how things are communicated. Yeah. Kind of with that, like I said, when people are like, you know, even now when I do a workout in the gym, people are like, oh, it's so great to see you working out, and I'm yeah. like, I mean, I probably work out four or five days a week. Yeah. Just at my house mostly because yeah. all of the interactions like that are they are stressful for me. Yeah. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, and that's you know, it's always uh, it's it's interesting to me, and it's always been interesting too. Like I, I take it even back to school sometimes, but. Um, you know, how many people really wanted to, you know, compete at a higher level and do these competitions and win and do all this stuff. Um, and, and my, my favorite thing was always like, uh, you know, why, like I, for one of the first questions I asked people now, like, why do you want to go to the games? Why do you want to go to regionals? Why do you want to do these things? Like, I'm telling you, I've done, I've done all of that and I can tell you that, like back at the ranch is more fun. Like right. just signing up for a charitable competition with your friends right. where there's nothing on the line, there's nothing to win out and all of the money goes to support a charity. Yep. And, and it's, it, you're literally only doing it to enjoy yourself. Yep. Um, those are all my fondest memories right. you know, outside of regionals because we were in Columbus and, right. and that was just a unique experience from a community perspective yeah. and being with all my, um, you know, my friends in that atmosphere. But, um, but, you know, I think that that's one of those things that's that's sorely misunderstood is the, um, you know, the the added pressure, um, you know, the amount of, you know, just conversations and expectations and, um, you know, really lack of reality that a lot of comes comes yep. with that, um, you know, Instagram world of competitive yep. CrossFit yep. is, you know, and, and, you know, I think, you know, we probably fed into it or you probably fed into it and I probably helped you with things like, you uh, Doing some of the high level gymnastics stuff that we would do for um, for some of that stuff, but it's uh, you know it's it's challenging, just like you said, to kind of work yourself away from that lifestyle, right?
1: For sure.
0: So as you start, um, you know, kind of going into um, the future with PT stuff, right? Again, imagine you listen to this in a year. Um, You know, what are you telling hopeful future Jenny?
1: I uh, like right now. What am I telling you, hopeful future Jenny? Yeah. Um, I think just, you know, be patient with it and keep trying. Like, I actually have conversations like this with patients multiple times. This has made me a much more empathetic therapist. Yeah. I was empathetic. I've had hard surgeries. I've had hard rehab. I've been a high-level athlete. I feel like I got all of those components of it, but I'm not sure I really – some of my athletes that are really hurt and really sitting out – I have a girl right now who second ACL, she's missed two soccer seasons now, wants to play in college, um – like I get it. Like it sucks yeah. to feel like I can't do these things. You feel like you're missing a part of you. I feel like it's made me so much more empathetic. Yeah. In that, and I probably just give myself advice. I'm very good at the advice of like, the what you did today. Like this is great. Like you should be happy. Like really trying to hit those like small victories. Yeah. Um, instead of just focusing on like long end term goals. Yeah. Um. And so I would just tell myself. The stuff I rationally know. It's yeah. <laughs> just that internal battle of, I know these things. Realistically, I know. Like, celebrate that push-up today. Like, be excited. Go make, make a post about push-ups. Like, yeah. you should. I should. I should. Yep. Maybe I'll do that when I leave. Yeah. Um, but it's still, tomorrow will be the same battle. Yeah. It'll be the same battle when I go to the work and I can't just someone a three-pound shoulder press. Yeah. It'll be right back to the, oh, I still can't do this. So, it's just yeah. an everyday. Like, everyday is a process. like. Yep. Find some joy in the small things and find something you are enjoying doing in the meantime. Yeah. Like, like I said, you are more. I know I am more than just good at exercise. Um, So, like, show that. Like, don't only show a bunch of old videos and old pictures of doing CrossFit. Like, show the stuff you're actually doing now. And, like, talk to people about it and get involved in some different things. And I think that's, you know, I, I have conversations with gymnasts at work a lot about when they're hurt. Like, really, let's really try to take two weeks and not go into the gym. Yeah. And I have a couple that really can't do it. Like, they can't not go in the gym. Yep. And that's a little sad to me because mm-hmm. what else do you have? Yeah. So if this, what if something really does happen and you can't do gymnastics? Like, you can't yep. take two weeks that you don't go and do it? Yep. Like, that, as much as we want to be, you know, dedicate our lives and be as good as we can at things, like, that's not healthy for any one person no. to be that one-dimensional. No. And feel like they don't have anything else in their life. Yeah,
0: you're spot on. I think by the time this airs, Ed's po- Ed's blog will have posted. But, um, you know, he, he talks a lot about that. Is um, you know, And I'm such a huge proponent of that. I really do think that, um, you know, CrossFit should be a thing that we do for ourselves yep. as supplementary to make the rest of our lifestyle yep. better. And as soon as it starts to becoming too much the thing that yep. we do or the thing that we identify ourselves sure. by and with, um, you know, I think then that's when we have to... You know maybe start to schedule some time you know two weeks away for vacation sure great but you also have distractions built in there right. you know can you can you do it at home yep. right can you do it with uh, with your family with your house with with other yep. alternative things yep. um, just because I think that that can become something where it's maybe a little bit too much right. for people sometimes yep. so I agree um, do you have anything else that you want to talk about man I don't think
1: so I think we covered I think gave people a good insight into kind of what led to this and how I'm feeling about it now you didn't cry too
0: much I mean (laughs) this isn't like as bad as row thruster um Jenny crying oh I've had some
1: good cry moments Mm -hmm. so I'm a crier for people who don't really know that like high emotional stress or physical stress (laughs) will uh and I'm probably one of the
0: least affected people by it maybe Keith too I'm sure yeah um, probably but uh, at this point I feel like you've probably cried around me more than anybody the last uh, seven years yeah so and
1: it's just that all it is it's just like when I feel really emotional about things yeah. I just get sad so yeah. and this is like there's a lot of good things I've learned through this like I have no doubt I you know a year from now Jenny will sit and listen and be like wow I can do all these things but I don't know what that'll be yeah and so I think that little bit of the unknown is just figuring out kind of yeah. who you are and how you grow from there and what you want and I don't know. So, I have no doubt that it will end to a good path. And hopefully, putting some of this out there will help some other people. Because I know this isn't stuff like when people ask, How are you doing? They don't necessarily want like crying answers. Yeah. But sometimes that's what you're going to get. Because sometimes yeah. it's a crying day. Sometimes yeah. it just feels like, Oh my gosh, this is horrible. And yeah. some days it's fine. Sometimes it's like, you know, like I said, in the house, Uh, you got to find something to dive into, I think. Yeah. Like, and if you're not willing to and you're like, Nope, I got to just. Go in the gym and do a single arm workout and pedal the bike as hard as I can every day. Like that would not have let me mentally uh, explore really how I feel about this. Yeah. And so I think you know, give yourself some time with stuff. Always you should have a few interests. Yeah. Uh, Can't just be exercise or can't just be pillows or can't just be home remodeling. Like, should be uh, you know, well-rounded and you should be willing to share all of those things with people because I think if you only put one thing out there, uh, if that thing goes away.
0: It's really easy to feel lost. Yeah, for sure. I think that's great. All right, we'll wrap it up. Oh, nice, perfect.